Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, How to Decorate. And I'm Taryn. I'm on the product design team at Ballard. And I'm Karen, and I head up branding at Ballard. And we are your hosts. Hi. Are we going to do some trials and triumphs? Yes. Yes. All right. Let's go first. I can go first. Um, So I mostly just have a triumph that I'm going to tell you about, but I was really excited about it. Um, Will gave me sort of a belated Mother's Day present because we were sort of, we were out of town for Mother's Day and anyways. Um, But he gave me three paintings by this great artist and her name is Melissa McGill and I am so excited about them. So I put, I did put, I also posted them on my Instagram, but um, Willis has just such great taste in art and he always picks out really good stuff. so So he got these, they're, they're just like little abstract pieces and she gets like handmade paper and it's a combination of ink and charcoal and pastel and, and paint. And I was just really excited about it. And I hung, you know, we, he, he gave me three of them. Two were sort of a similar color palette. And then there was one that was more neutral. And um, we decided to, to split them up. So we hung the two blue ones together and there was a little sliver of wall in our kitchen that I had sort of thought early on when we moved in, okay, like something, some art would look great there, but I didn't have anything in particular that I wanted. And they were the perfect, um, little accent. I, I just was going to also just say how much I love art in the kitchen. And I think that it's such a, um, fun, you know, kitchens are so often overlooked. Well, and utilitarian workspaces, they're utilitarian. And I think a lot of times when you have, you know, tile floor and marble countertops and stainless steel appliances, it's a lot of cold surfaces. And I think art is a great way to balance that. Um, because it's colorful and it's movement. And um, anyway, so I would just say maybe give everyone a little encouragement to find a spot in their um, kitchen to hang some art because it just really makes me happy. And if you want to see a photo, I will put them on the show notes, but also you can see them on my Instagram. So that Got is all. It. I love it. Um, I'll go next because my um, mine are kind of short and sweet this week. Um, my trial is ugh, dog be sick. My dog is got something going on. So poor dude, because of COVID, you just have to drop him off and wait for them to call you. So I feel bad. He'll be fine. But I, I told Elliot that the dog was sick and going to see the doctor and he's two. So he just like lost it. And it was hilarious because I wasn't expecting him to even care about the dog like that. Um, but um, so that's always a trial because it's like getting your car checked. There's always 10 more things. They're like, Oh, you could have this done. We should probably do this lab too. And you're like, I, 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 Give me your no. mortgage payment. Your dog is sick. Yeah. I know. Plus, <laughs> it's my dog. So I'm like, yeah, do it yeah, all. Anything oh, you need. Oh, whatever you want. Mr. Baylor. Um, I'll let you know, but I'm sure he's fine. You know he can eat anything, so he'll stay alive <laughs> forever. Stomach of steel. Yes. And then my triumph, guys, is I um, got to get away, and we went to um, 
um, Maine for a long time. And I did get to go in one store, my favorite one, because COVID's handled up there currently. So it was very nice that I felt comfortable enough to go into a store. And they had these two old prints um, that were big, bigger, um, bigger than like the art you just, you just got Caroline. They're a little bit bigger, but they had, they're old because like the back is starting to come off, but um, they have peach colored uh, velvet uh, matting and then these kind of old prints in them. And the framing itself is just very delicate and pretty. Um, And they had two of them and they were like 40 bucks and um, they'll be such a good impact for even like a crazy modern wallpaper. And then these kind of old school prints on them, or even if I do it in like a dark moody room, that peach it, anyway, they're cool. And I was super excited and the price was right. And I was like, these are kind of cool. I love their matting and everything. So and once you drove, you could get yeah, extra stuff. Home. Loaded them up. Yeah. They kind of had to shift every time we like moved anything in the car on the ride home. But yeah, it was nice. <laughs> Exciting. Yeah. So that was mine this week. I'll show y'all soon. All right. All right my turn. My mm-hmm. turn. All right. I moved my office. I told you I kicked Jacob out of the sunroom. I and love I it. This whole sort of recreation room. He he now watches TV and plays video games in a guest room. Um, but y'all, it's hot. It's hot in the sunroom. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, so I did discover that he ha- had neither vent open in here for the last five years. Um, <laughs> so I fixed that, but it's still hot. I don't know what to do. I had the AC dude here, and he's like, yeah, sorry. It's just, that's just the way it's going to be in there, lady. So I'm thinking I might get one of those little Dyson rotating AC things. I'm not sure. And I also have a ceiling fan. but Just wear less clothes, Karen. That'll go over well right? your Zoom calls. Yeah, it's totally fine. Strapless is always good. <laughs> and you just look like it. Okay, so my, let me just tell you my triumph. Y'all, this is so minor, but the little things in my life make me so happy. So, you know, I'm on the you know never-ending quest for tidiness. And I, I have course. complained on here before about Joe's Beach Towels, which is so minor. I'm such a nitpicky little thing. Anyway. Now that it's kind of pool season and stuff, you know, we have a pool and often in the backyard and there's just tons of towels all the time and they just get hung over the backs of chairs and all over and I just couldn't stand another minute. So I ordered from Ballard the Cabot hooks. I think it's called Cabot, C-A-B-O-T. They're these big hooks. Like if you put your thumb and forefinger together and kind of made a hook, they're like that big, Um, but great looking. And so I got five of those and I have posts that hold up my deck. And so I put three around one post kind of high up and then two around one that's down by the outdoor shower so that there's lots of, and since they're so big, they'll hold a couple beach towels and it's just, just uh, I mean, I know that sounds dumb, but it's the little thing where every, suddenly everything is tidy, you know, yes. and it wasn't before everything looked like a big trash heap and now it's tidy. <laughs> and now I'm happy. That is the best. That is the best. <laughs> Simple changes that make a big difference just a three dollar hook it did it it changed my life (laughs) (laughs) our cute hooks i'm so glad thanks ladies your patience is good (laughs) we'll get through this together we all have those things so yeah (laughs) cords and towels apparently are mine yep all right should have known okay should we get to our guest let's go chat let's do it All 
right. So I am so excited about our guest tonight because if you want a little joy in your life right now, which I think many of us probably need, then you need to go take a look at her portfolio. Her name is Courtney McLeod. She is the designer behind Right Meets Left Interior Design, and she's in New York. Her work has been featured in Lux Magazine, House Beautiful, and more. And if you can't tell by my um, introduction, her portfolio is just full of color. It's so joyful. It's just a really fun and um, beautiful, but also sophisticated um, body of work. And I'm so excited to quiz you on it because I have many questions. Oh, thank you so much for that very, very kind introduction. I appreciate it. I'm super excited to uh, to join you ladies for the podcast today. Oh, yeah. If you hadn't asked, it would be Michelioid yes. or whatever. And you'd be like, <laughs> yeah, we're um, we're hanging in there. New York, we're 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 you know, we've <laughs> we've kind of gone through through the cycle already. So, you know, we're, everyone's wearing their masks and, you know, being really pretty careful. So, you know, knock on wood, um, it, it will stay that way. But right now we're, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. How about you guys? I think we're, we're in a, (laughs) you know, I hear things are getting worse here. So we're a little bit, I think I'm retreating back into my home a little bit more, but luckily Mm -hmm. for us, we've spent so many months kind of curating our homes more, as we've talked about, that at least retreating back into my house isn't a bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, definitely. And we we haven't reopened our office yet um, because we were just trying to be extra careful, you know, although I am totally over working from home (laughs) at this point. But, you know, you have to make do. You have to make do. Yeah. Um, well, I am so glad that we got to, you know, link up because we had actually planned to chat with you when we were going to be in New York um, in March, <laughs> which feels like a hundred years ago. But, um, but I'm glad that we can do it now. And um, I wanted to start with your background because you actually have a business degree from at UPenn, and you were in the financial services industry for a long time, and um, let's see, for over a decade, I guess. And I was curious um, how that business degree impacts your interior design business. Does it, you know, has it, does it help you? I imagine it does, but how does it help you? And how did you go? How did you transition from um, from the financial services industry into interior design? Sure. Um, Yeah, I I actually spent 15 years in real estate private equity, so completely different world. And um, (laughs) but I had a a lifelong love of design. In fact, when I was applying to college, I applied to business school and architecture school. Um, And so I I kind of view this as my, you know, second act, my chance to take the, the path not taken. Um, and, you know, when I decided to leave my my previous career, I actually did it exactly the way you're not supposed to. I had zero plan. <laughs> I, just, I thought about it for a long time. And then I just, you know, one day I, I just did it. And I, I walked in and I said, okay, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> And, you know, it was it was so incredible because I'm very much a planner by nature. And to do this is so out of character for me. But 
as soon as I did it, I had not even a second of doubt. It was it was pretty incredible. And, you know, I haven't looked back. I, I took a year of classes. I literally got a textbook called The Business of Interior Design and read it like cover to cover. And, you know, I got really lucky and got clients and it's it's kind of grown from there. Um, but I have to say, I never imagined that the business background would be so, so helpful. Um, I see so many designers sort of struggle with understanding their financials, profitability, um, you know, just simple bookkeeping. It's a real roadblock. And, and for me, those areas are actually kind of the easier areas. And so I definitely feel like that's a huge advantage. And it's also been a selling point with clients because, you know, I go into every project and I say, you know, we're going to bring a lot of creativity to it, but we're also going to approach it with a very organized, analytical approach as well. You know, and I always say design, it's fun, it's beautiful, but it's also expensive. It can be. Um, and it's a lot of money. And so you want to make sure whoever is, you know, designing your home or helping you to design your home, that they recognize that <laughs> and that they're going to treat it, um, you know, as something quite serious. So um, I think for me, it's really and that's really where the right meets left comes from, because it's really that perfect balance of the creative and more of the analytical. And uh, yeah, so far, so good. It, it's worked pretty well. <laughs> well, do you think that that, okay, you said you're, you're a planner by nature, but you did take this huge risk. Um, and I feel like you take a lot of risk in your design too. If, as I mentioned before, there's a lot of color in your design. And um, I was curious if you feel like that risk taking, is there a parallel there? Is do you, is cut and I do know for some designers that we've spoken to, they don't feel as though the colors they choose are risky, so it doesn't really feel like a risk. But um, I was just curious how those two, you know, the risk that you were talking about that was out of character, but then you do it a little bit in your design work. Yeah, you know that's that's a really good question. I've never I've never gotten that question before. That's that's a really <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Way to go, Caroline. <laughs> And, you know, I've, I've never really thought about it that way, but, um, you know, maybe sort of taking that leap opened up a side of my personality that maybe, you know, I didn't get to explore as much working in more of, you know, a corporate environment, you know, certainly money management, you're dealing with, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. And of course, there's a lot of risk associated with that. But, you know, when you're a small business owner, it's a different kind of, of risk. And, you know, with color, I, I do recognize that, you know, I, I push it, I push boundaries, but I feel like I have an instinct for knowing when I am walking the line versus totally tripping over the line. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, coming into this industry without that creative background, I, I lacked confidence you know, for a long time as just sort of owning the idea that I'm a creative person. And I think as time has gone on, the more confidence I've built, the more chances I've taken. 
And I think every time you take a new chance and take a risk and it's successful, it certainly gives you a boost, you know, to try it again. Um, I did a my first show house in 2018 with Aspire uh, magazine in Detroit. And um, it was the first time when I really could just design with freedom. And, you know, the space, I really, really pushed the envelope. I mean, there is this amazing Art Deco mural on the walls and there is a beautiful orange sofa and there's pink and there, I mean, it's just, it's pattern and color and everything. And I, I always say that room, if, if I was a room, that, that would be me. And <laughs> it was beautiful. I know exactly thank what you. you're talking about. Oh my yes. gosh, thank that room you. I have questions about. It's so <laughs> full. But yeah, do, doing that room, um, it really was a big confidence boost. And, you know, I felt like I, I sort of pushed myself creatively further than I had been pushed before that. And it, it really was, I think, a turning point for, for me as a designer. Um, but, you know, it's it's always it, it really starts and ends with the client. You know, I'm, I'm not someone that dictates style or, or di dictates palette to my clients. It's all about listening and understanding and interpreting. So. You know, most of my clients do come to me because they're afraid of color and they want to, they love it and they want to learn how to use it. So, you know, they've been largely receptive, but even clients who are more neutral, you know, I find a way to incorporate color in a more gentle way. So, you know, color doesn't always have to be loud. It can be soft, it can be soothing, um, but it can be just as interesting, even if it's on the softer side. So, um, so yeah, so it's, you know, I, I, the bold and the beautiful is, is, you know, where I like to live. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I try to, to zig and zag uh, where my clients would like to go. Well, speaking of neutral spaces, there was the New Jersey um, apartment or space that did have a very neutral living room. And I think that was one of my favorites. I mean, I, I do love all of the color, but it was very neutral, but it felt so interesting in the shapes that you were using and the silhouettes. Um, I loved, actually, one of the questions I had about it was um, you had this very symmetrical wall and you had a fireplace. And I thought it was really interesting the way you hung um, grids on either side, but they were very different. Um, one was a pair on one side, and then one was, I think, three smalls on one side and then two large on the other. And I just thought that was really interesting and unexpected, but it worked so beautifully. So I was wondering if you could explain that to people and why it works. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that project was really wonderful because it was so much more, to your point, about shape and texture. Uh, versus color. And um, we use this beautiful um, bench by a, a studio out of Brooklyn, New York called Otra. Um, and it's that one with sort of the, the wave, sort of that curve. And we really thought that was so interesting and so architectural that we wanted to keep the palette neutral so that those sorts of shapes could really pop. Um, in terms of the, the fireplace wall, it's kind of interesting because the room is a little skew if because the wall to the left of the fireplace 
is about half the width of the wall to the right of the fireplace. So you've got this kind of strange arrangement. And so we thought, you know, we really wanted the idea of symmetry around that fireplace, but we wanted to play with the fact that there's asymmetry in the actual walls. And so by scaling the artwork to the size of the wall, you were able to create something that felt cohesive, but that made sense in terms of the actual layout of the wall. So in terms of proportion, the art on the left is about a half to a third of the width of the wall on the left, and the artwork on the right is the same proportion. And so that's why it works. You've got the asymmetry, but when your eye goes to it, it still feels balanced. And I think the other thing that really helps that to work is the very large artwork that we put over the fireplace as a real anchor of the room. And we really loved that piece because I think it really sets the tone. It's very soothing. You know, it's very kind of has a nature inspired feeling to it. Um, and I think having that that big piece as the anchor in the center really helps to to ground the space and bring the focus to the beautiful fireplace. Now, were the art pieces things that your clients already had, or did you choose those for them? So this project was actually um, it was a sort of show house, but a staging for a new condo development. So we actually um, partnered with. Um, a local gallery in Bernardsville, New Jersey, and they based they they were so generous. They they let us run wild in their uh, warehouse. <laughs> That's great. And, um, That's amazing. And we, picked, we picked all of those pieces for the space, and um, yeah, I mean, we got really lucky with the artwork. It, it worked really beautifully. Yeah, even going back to the furniture, you did such a great job. Again, speaking to you have this gorgeous, unique bench with this, you know, with sweeping curves. And then you've taken the sofas and you've done a very structured, um, clean cut corners um, sofas, which are just really feel, you know, buttoned up and very tidy. Um, and it really helps you to see the curves of these, you know, really unique wooden pieces. Um, and I just love how you have such balance in this room for not only weight, but also just even the way your eye can travel from the dark painting over. So it's such a great, like you said, it's interesting because I didn't even pay attention to the walls being different sizes. So you did a great job. You got to trick the eye. You, you have to focus, focus it to the positive. Um, but yeah, we really, you know, throughout the space, there's a repetition of um, sort of symmetry of twos. You know, you have two sofas that are both neutral, to your point, very kind of square and architectural. Then you have the two floor lamps on either side of one of the sofas. That's also sort of very balanced. And I think it creates a great anchor for all of the kind of interesting things that are happening in the middle. You know, you've got the the little black ottomans doing their thing and you've got the, you know, really cool uh, coffee table and you've got the bench. And so there's a lot kind of happening in the center. And so I think grounding it on either side really helps so that it doesn't just read as crazy. You know, your, your <laughs> eye kind of goes to the sofas, it goes to the big piece of art, and then it kind of softly goes throughout the rest of the space. And I, I think that's the balance that we got right there that, that, allows you to experience it the way that you are. 
Yeah. Well, Taryn, I love that point you made about, um, about balancing the shapes too. Um, because I feel like that's something probably most people don't think about if they're just doing their own home. They think probably, I don't know. I, personally, that's something I've learned over the course of doing the podcast. It's if you have tons of right angles and square shapes, some rounded, so whether it's like a Roman shade that's relaxed, that's soft or, a, you know, a light fixture or something, it really helps to balance it. And um, you're right. I love the way that room like really drives that point home. Yeah. And it's so, it's such a, an important, you know, design lesson to take into any space, I think, um, you know, it, Everything shouldn't be angular and everything shouldn't be curved, in my opinion. <laughs> I think it creates a, a much more interesting and engaging space when there is a little bit of yin and yang, a little bit of contrast. And I think the trick is just understanding how far to push that. You know, so if I was, you know, just sort of starting out, something as simple as let's say you have a more angular sofa, if you pair that with say two curved, you know, maybe swivel chairs or something like that, then it start you start to get that nice play, you know, versus just having all angular pieces, I think that it starts to feel um a little more almost like a set of furniture. And I really love the idea of of something that feels evolved and mixed. Um, and I think, you know, playing with that kind of contrast and balance is a really great way to approach your home, you know, especially when you're thinking about the big furniture pieces that you're going to add to the space really take a minute and and think about it. Don't just add, say, oh, I like that sofa, I like that chair. You know, take a second to really see how those pieces are going to play together. And I find even just, you know, going into like PowerPoint or something and, and just put two pictures of the items together. A lot of times just doing that, you can mm -hmm. see, oh yeah, this totally works. This is really interesting. Or you can say, mm, this is a really bad yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I think just yeah. taking a, a a pause and and a step to think about how pieces are going to really interact, I think I think will go a, a long way to avoiding mistakes. Yeah, that's a good point. I want to talk about the room you're in, which is I it's your living room. I assume <laughs> yes. You have yes. An, you've ha it was posted on your Instagram, so I figure you wanted to share. It is yes. the most fantastic happy blue. I need to know exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so the blue, it's Sherwin-Williams Dynamic Blue. And I absolutely love it. Um, I painted about three and a half years ago, and I would paint it this color again today. <laughs> it, it absolutely makes me so happy. Um, and the, the funny thing is when I moved to this apartment, I thought, oh gosh, you know, maybe I'll do white walls and I'll go neutral, you know, for a change. And that lasted about three weeks. <laughs> I love it. And then I went from white to, to this. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's but, a big step. <laughs> it's a big step. It's a big step. But you know, it's also really helpful 
I think with clients, because oftentimes people are so afraid to commit to a color because they think I'm going to, I'm absolutely going to just be sick of this. Mm -hmm. And I can say, you know, from my own personal experience, I've, you know, lived with many, many, you know, fully, you know, painted rooms over the years. And, you know, it's, it's picking the right color, you know, and I think that that is very emotional and instinctive. And, you know, like when I sampled the different blues for this room, I just, you know, was so drawn to this color and it was very bold on the swatch. And, you know, even I stopped for a second. <laughs> Am I going too far? <laughs> but, you know, you kind of have to, to trust that instinct and, and, and take the plunge. And, you know, paint is not a commitment. Yeah. Paint is, it's really, if you're going to take a chance, that's a good place to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and then maybe go a little more neutral on your, on your big pieces. Well, yeah. speaking of big pieces, you also did not go neutral. And I also love that. <laughs> I love it. I want to talk about that hand-painted chair. That is like, I want to know all about it. Where do we get one? How do we do it? <laughs> well, so it's actually, it's a George Smith chair, um, which is a, a famous English heritage brand um, of fine furniture. And... It's a funny story because I found that chair in a consignment shop, a designer consignment shop. I was looking for some things for a client and they were just taking it out. And I said, oh, my goodness, what is that? I've never seen anything like that. I did not need a pink hand painted <laughs> chair at the time. <laughs> but I, I knew it had to. It was mine. And. So the fabric is like a thicker linen, kind of a weight, and um, it's still very soft. And so I think the way that it was done um, was with a diluted fabric paint. That's what it feels like. And it also, what I think is so cool about it is that the actual strokes are really rough. You know, it doesn't look like it's something so... Um, uh, I don't know if professional is the right word, but it looks like something that you could do yourself with a, a thick bristled like paintbrush. Um, and I think that's part of why I was drawn to it because it does have a little bit of a DIY feeling to it. Um, but yeah, it, it's my, well, it's my favorite. It feels like a piece of art, like the way it, even the paint doesn't even go all the way down. It just feels yeah. very artistic and I love yeah. it. It's also, yeah. A chair. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's such a great piece. And again, it, it kind of goes back to my fundamental um, sort of viewpoint because every time I look at that piece, it just makes me smile. Like I can't help it. And having those types of things in your home, it just, it makes all the difference. It really does. So um, it might not be good advice to, you know, buy a random piece of furniture. No, it is good advice. A, a place for, but sometimes, you know, love happens and you have to go for it. <laughs> we tell people all the time, if they fall in love to just go with it, we're like, do it. You'll find a place. If you love it, you'll find a place. <laughs> and I've probably had four apartments since I bought that chair and every single one, it finds a place. So very true. I also think it's sometimes fun to look forward to finding a place when you are moving. Um, you know, I always, when I was 
moving, when I was um, looking for our, our new house, I was always thinking like, okay, wow, this would be an amazing wall for this piece of art or, you know, wh- whatever it is. It, it, it gives you an opportunity if you are um, re- redoing things to have your focal point and, you know, build a space around it, which Absolutely. is always kind of a, a good start, starting off point. Absolutely. I wanted to ask about, um, and I didn't mention this in the introduction, but you're originally from New Orleans, and it's a city known for its um, joie de vivre and <laughs> its bold style. And I was curious if you think that um, that you know where you come from really is that where you think your your bold use of color and style comes from. I would definitely say that that my my uh, design flair, I guess you could say, <laughs> yes, that's perfect. The flair. Um, it it definitely, I mean, it it's so rooted in growing up in New Orleans. It's it's such a special place, a, such a and such a unique place. And, um, you know, I had a mom who you know loved design and was very fearless as well. Um, so I think, you know, I grew up surrounded by color and, and, you know, with, with sort of bold interior. So I think I was always accustomed to it. Um, it's, it's funny because, um, I did a project in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn, and, um, there I was interviewed for an online profile about that project. And the writer, it was so interesting because she said, oh, you know, it really sort of, feels like a bit of New Orleans. And she didn't know that I was from New Orleans at the time. And I loved that so much. (laughs) So I said, yes, exactly. It's like a little bit of that, you know, uniquely New Orleans Southern style. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very eclectic. It's very color confident. Um, It's always about unique shapes as well with furnishings and, you know, exposed carved woods and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, I, I, I feel so grateful to have grown up somewhere so rich with, um, history and personality. Um, I've also, you know, been really lucky to be able to travel and, and to really, um, you know, experience so much of the world and, and just to really soak it up. Um, when I was working in finance, I mean, that that was like my way to get my design fix. You know, I was constantly just traveling and going to museums and, and all that stuff because it was my happy place. And, you know, now, now work is my happy place. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, being from New Orleans is awesome. And if you've never gone, please go because it's amazing. Yeah, it's a great city. I feel like everyone needs to needs to go at some point for sure. Definitely. Yeah. I wanted to also ask again because one of my favorite rooms is the little one you did in Antigua. Um, that is so cute. Can you talk about that one and explain it because it's so cute? <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, that was really fun. I mean, I'd never done anything. Um, you know, on an island. And so the logistics of doing that was quite interesting. Um, And it was a a guest cottage. um, And we actually designed a bathroom um, as well as sort of the the guest bedroom there. And the whole thing was about that 
beautiful kind of periwinkle purpley blue that we used. It's so good. And it's so beautiful. And I felt like it really had a little bit of like an island kind of flair without being literal about it. Um, it felt sophisticated, but it also felt free and, and kind of fun and light and airy. And my client, um, she really loved um, African textiles, like the African wax print textiles. Um, and so we really wanted to bring that into the space. And so we found this um, amazing settee from Cane Line. And the shape was so beautiful. And, you know, so it came with just a white cushion. And so we had a cover made, um, you know, in these beautiful textiles, which I think, you know, really made a, a big, big impact. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, um, it was really, you know, a fun, casual, you know, relatively simple job. It was the logistics of getting things to an <laughs> island. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, but but I that that color is still still you know front of mind, and hopefully I'll get to use it again soon. Oh, you need to. You also need to tell me what color that one is as well, because I need. That yes, one. I think it's summer blue by Benjamin Moore. Um, I can check that though. <laughs> I'll confirm that and and come back. It's so know. good. It's so good. <laughs> One of the things that jumped out at me was the kids' rooms that you do, because I thought they were so fun and imaginative. And mm -hmm. um, I mean, there I have like several, but the two or, or the couple that really jumped out at me. One of them you used sort of like a, and actually I think it was a, a playroom, but you use this like sort of comic book mural on the wall. I don't know what to how to explain it. Um, <laughs> but you use murals a lot in your kids' spaces. So I was wondering if you could tell us about that. Sure. Yeah. I I really love the idea of a sort of jam-packed mural in a kid's space because I think it's very engaging. You know, it's something that they are going to interact with over time and not you know, get bored of. Um, the comic book one is so fun. Um, it's for um, a, a little boy's room, um, a, a ba baby's room, practically. Um, <laughs> and we wanted something that he could grow into. And um, so the mural wall, um, sort of the way the, the room was laid out, you know, the, the mural wall is kind of the wall that you're not necessarily staring at the most. And so it's something that, you know, it's not like you're sitting in front of it, like, oh my God, this gigantic comic yellow mural is right in front of my eyes. It's just kind of an accent. And it's just, it's so fun. And again, just happy and, and interesting. And um, yeah, the, the, the little boy who lives there has grown into it and, and absolutely loves it, which makes me very happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, we did... Um, another boy's room with a large map mural. It was a, a map of the world. And um, the little boy in that room is such a delight. And he's very kind of, you know, book smart and, you know, curious. And I wanted something that he could literally learn 
from from the mural and um and he does you know and and he and and his his dad they'll you know talk about different places you know on the map he'll like point something out and i just that just makes my heart sing um and so it's fun and it's cool and it's interesting but it's also educational um which mm -hmm. i think is is a really cool mix um yeah so that was really cool um let's see i think and then we we did do an actual playroom um where we did this kind of dot print wallpaper um as kind of an accent and we we hung from the ceiling um little paper um planets and <laughs> little paper accents um because the kids really love space and and all that kind Aww. of stuff so okay. it's just finding ways to kind of you know be clever and you know be fun and kind of step into the mind of a kid not take it too seriously um but still you know be considered about it Mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah. pulling the colors from the murals, you know, making sure the overall vibe of the space makes sense with what whatever you're using. So, um, yeah, kids' rooms are are so so fun. Well, the thing I loved about the one um, with the with the map on it is that I, you know, we talk a lot about how um, if you are working on your your child's space, you probably want to choose things that are going to grow with them. You know, maybe like a more sophisticated twin bed instead of the race car or, you know, whatever. But I felt like the mural really had that fun, youthful, it made it a real kid's room. Whereas if you were to take that mural down and maybe just do something else on the wall, like in 10 years when he's 16, all of the other furniture pieces in the room would still be age appropriate. So you know, it, it made it to where you could go a little bit more uh, adult with the big pieces and your mural is not a huge investment. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's interesting that you bring that up because um, the little boy, um, I think he was seven when we did that room. And so we knew that he was going to start to sort of his tastes were, were going to evolve. And so we approached it um, really purposefully with the furniture. Um, you know, we use these really cool um, women board uh, bed, twin beds, and um, we found this adorable little vintage uh, nightstand that we had lacquered red, um, which I thought was, was a really fun accent. But, you know, we were really cognizant of simple changes can really make that room feel more adult, even I think with the mural. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we talked about things like doing a more elegant curtain, you know, doing a different, you know, bedding, the little stuffed animal accents, you take those away, you bring in things that are, are a little bit older. Um, and I think that that's a space, you know, that can really kind of age well. Um, yeah. I think the comic book one, that one, you know, he's so little, so he'll, he'll have a while <laughs> to grow into that one. But. <laughs> But yeah, and, and I think, you know, um, it, that can be a challenge with kids spaces because you don't want to waste a lot of money that's just going to go completely down the drain. Um, so I, I do think choosing the furniture pieces to have clean lines, simple shapes, you know, mm -hmm. and elegance to them, you can surround that with 
things that feel very youthful um, and, and then change those things without having to invest a ton of money. Um, so I think that that's a really good approach to kids' rooms. Yeah, it's such great advice because it does help you grow with them and change. So Absolutely. Absolutely. And not waste your money. <laughs> That's what it's all about. <laughs> well, you know, we really haven't touched on color that much. And um, I was curious about using color in small spaces. Um, you know, since you're working in New York, I imagine you tend to have a lot more small spaces. And yeah. your rooms are not short on color. So how does one do it as elegantly as you do? So, first of all, it's not true that you can't use bold color in a small space. So let's throw that away right now. <laughs> um, there's this myth that bold color in a small space will make it feel extremely um, like a closet and automatically pull it in. So that's not true, number one. Number two, um, in small spaces, really bold, deep, intense color can actually do the opposite. And here's the trick. You don't want to just do the color on the walls. You want to put it on the ceiling as well. And I know that might sound really, really scary, but <laughs> the logic around that is by putting that deep color, wrapping the entire room in it, you start to blur the lines of the corners of the space. And when you can't quite make out a demarcation between a ceiling and a wall or or really like see a strong corner it automatically makes the space feel more expansive and sounds counterintuitive but i've done this many many times <laughs> um and it it really really works so i i would say you know throw out that bad advice and and really go for it with color in in a small space um, I think that if you um, are really concerned um, and maybe a little more conservative, um, stay tonal in the room. Let's say, you know, you go for, you know, a really beautiful forest green on your walls. Do maybe a velvet sofa in like a deep green so that when you come into the space, it starts to kind of all feel like one and feel kind of very cohesive. Um, I think that that's a really good strategy in a small room. But, you know, for me, I have to be honest, I don't approach small rooms really differently than other spaces. You know, at the end of the day, it's all about picking colors that you love and it's about get getting the balance right. And it doesn't matter if you've got a giant living room or a little New York City apartment. Like my apartment, my big, bold blue apartment is a tiny New York City <laughs> apartment. <laughs> and, you know, it it works because it's a color that I love. So um, uh, small spaces, get rid of that bad advice. Go for it. You know, if you're really bold, put it on the ceiling. Um, you know, the other trick, if you are too afraid to go to the ceiling, um, if you've got trim work in your room, if you have a crown molding or a baseboard molding, door casings, paint that your wall color. And that will help to start to do the same thing, you know, as doing it on the ceiling will do. Um, it'll sort of pull the ceiling up, make the space feel taller, which automatically mm -hmm. starts to make it feel bigger. 
Love it. I always love that look. Oh, yeah. With the, um, the molding and the wall the same color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I do that a lot. I, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd say most of the time that's what I do. I, I just think it ends up looking really, really elegant. And mm-hmm. um, I love doing it as well. Um, if you've got a color on the wall to do um, a soft wash of color on the ceiling, you know, like a just a blush of like pink or a blush of blue. Pink is actually really good. And, and when I say pink, I mean, it's so it's practically you can't even see it. It's so soft. Um, but that on the ceiling with lamp light and with chandelier light, it just creates this glow and it's very flattering. So we all want that, (laughs) don't we? We do. Exactly. Exactly. I like the tips on making me more flattering. (laughs) So I mean, I need all the help I can get. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we all we all need dimmers. We all need (laughs) totally ceilings that are pink. I like it. So you mentioned that when you moved in, you you um you kept white for a little while, and then you went your with your bold blue. And I was curious. That made me wonder whether um. Are you someone that's always tweaking your space or are you sort of a get it exactly how you want it and then you leave it for a while? You know, this space, I've made just small tweaks. Um, I have to say I'm still enjoying it the way that it is. Um, You know, I may bring in a pillow or an accent or something like that, but this particular space, the bones were really there and I've, I've sort of added a little over time. Um, like I have a, a vintage chandelier in here that I found, you know, and I added that in and, you know, through travels and things like that. So, um, I, I think it might be because I tinker so much with everyone else's house. <laughs> you know, I come home and it is, and I like it and I say, okay, I'm done. I'm done. But, um, but everything in the space I purchased at different times. And so it's, it's actually, it really is a mix of pieces where I saw it at the time. I loved it. And then somehow it all magically comes together. Um, what I've really learned living with this really, really bold blue um, is how it became almost like a neutral that all of the other colors just bounce off of. And Mm -hmm. I think that's why it doesn't feel overwhelming because your eye has lots of other places to go. And sometimes I sit in here and I'm surprised by by how much of a nice backdrop it is. So I think, you know, when people think of bold color, they think that it has to steal the show. But um, I actually think it, it can it can serve as, as a real compliment. And so if you go bold on the walls, it doesn't mean that you have to go white on everything else. Like keep going, <laughs> keep going, you know? I like it. Uh, that's yes. again, keep going, keep going with yeah. the bold. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? The best advice is, you know, do what feels good for you. Who cares what anyone else thinks? You know, if, mm-hmm. if, if you like that pink hand painted chair in your bold blue room, then do it. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Well, it's good to be reminded that we, maybe there are guidelines, but there are really no rules. I think exactly. that's always, well and there's said. no right, right or wrong way to do anything. Exactly. 
Taryn, do you have any questions before we do a decorating dilemma? My only question I had for kind of this weird period that we're all kind of at home and, you know, trying to be inspired and from our little corners is, has there been anything lately that you just have, that has felt helped you to feel like more excited and inspired in design? Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's funny sort of being stuck home these, these few months because, um, a few months before the pandemic hit, um, I installed, um, a mural in my bedroom wall to wall. And it's like being in an enchanted forest. It's creams and golds and pinks, and it's very glam and girly. And, <laughs> and so I've spent a lot of time, you know, in that space. Um, it's where my work desk is as well. And I found being surrounded by that kind of enchanted pattern, it's really been good for my um, mental health in a way. <laughs> Um, you know, it's, it's really helped to kind of, you know, take my mind away from the more serious things that are, are going on. And I think if, if anything, it's just reinforced for me, the power of design to impact your life. Um, and it just, it can't be underestimated. And what I'm seeing is, you know, we're actually, we've been getting a thank goodness, a lot of um, potential calls and, you know, for new projects, um, because I think people have spent that time and, and they're starting to really understand, you know, how impactful, beautiful design can be. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I think for me, it's, I hope it, it makes the conversation easier with potential clients or new clients, because, you know, now they, they're, they're stuck in their houses. And so they're like, yes, I get it. Like, let's do it. Um, I'm also, you know, I'm hoping that sort of as we come out of the most difficult parts of the pandemic, that it's going to push people to just to look for things that simply are happy and fun mm -hmm. and simple. And I think that color, I think bright, happy color um, I hope that that's a big trend that comes in for next year. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to definitely be, you know, I'm going to have my horn and <laughs> <laughs> big oh, you already have your, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, for me, I, I think that it's just, it's living through this has just reinforced, um, you know, what, what I kind of preach that, you know, it's worth the time and the effort and the money to make your home somewhere that, mm. that makes you feel joy. Yes, I couldn't agree more. It's so true. Do it now, guys. Don't waste the time. You're living in it right now. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's do some decorating dilemmas. I'm excited about these two, actually. Don't know about you two ladies, but I... No, these are good ones. I think I'm, this is good. These yeah. are good ones. I'm so thankful so, people write in. Okay, mm -hmm. so I'll read them. Um, so the first one is from Cindy, and she writes, Hello, ladies. I'm one of your original fans. <laughs> thanks to your advice, I chose the lovely pendant lights above my kitchen island. Also, thanks to your guests, I tiled the backsplash to the ceiling, made sure there was 
was a place for all my kitchen items and steered clear away from Grant. And unfortunately, I had ordered my appliances when one of the guests said to always cover the dishwasher. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> I love it. Here's the, here's the dilemma. I have a breakfast area, approximately 14 by 12, between kitchen and dining room that I need to furnish. We are building some bookshelves to house the TV, and I want an oval tulip table. Instead of a banquette, I really want an Eden sofa which is um, a sofa we carry that's pretty squared off. Is that correct, Caroline? It's a it's like your Charles of London roll arm. Like a classic yeah. English roll arm kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah. Oh, then never mm-hmm. mind. <laughs> <laughs> I have the totally wrong sofa, so I'm glad y'all were here. Um, my husband thinks Eden will sit too low to use with this tulip table. What do you think? Can I rig Eden to sit a bit higher? Also, I'm thinking of a great pendant above the table. Please let me know your thoughts. I'm sending pics of the kitchen, the empty breakfast room. Karen, <laughs> the vacuum is there to give you a sense of scale because there's a vacuum in the room. Um, and my dad <laughs> with my beautiful Kiani dining room table. These three rooms all run together. You guys are so much fun and I appreciate your, your approach to guests to always ask for practical advice. Oh, and thank you for reading my review on air during your 100th anniversary um, from Cindy. So she has a great big white space. Um, it's it's very Yeah, it's so clean. She has some great art. Um, and then she has a big empty area for the dining table. All right. So it's, it's your turn, Courtney. Tell us what she should do. Yeah. So hi, Cindy. I hope you're doing well. Um, I have to say the tile to the ceiling is one of my favorite tricks. It looks fabulous. So glad you did that one. And the pendants are beautiful as well. Um, So you're super lucky because your space has such incredible bones. Um, So you're you're ahead of the curve already. Um, So in terms of the Eaton sofa paired with a dining table, I'm going to have to side with hubby on this one because, (laughs) um, you know, that style of sofa tends to have a very plush kind of a sit and it tends to have a little bit of a deeper sit. And so when you, when you sit like that, you tend to be pitched a little further back and you tend to be squished a little further down towards the ground. And I fear that when you look at the sofa and the cushions next to the table, it'll look like it fits. But when you sit down, the table is going to be a little, little too high. So I think the Eaton for this particular use might not be the best um, way to go. But one way to make the Eaton work, and I think this could be kind of cool because you have your kitchen and then you have a really great dining area that's already right there. Um, It also looks like you have an area for um, counter stools in the actual kitchen. So, you know, maybe instead make that center section more of a a seating area and snacking area. And so maybe you pair your Eaton with a tulip coffee table instead. So you get the same style, but it fits Mm -hmm. with your Eaton and it creates a little bit more of like, you know, a family room kind of feel. And then if you really need full meals, you know, you have your gorgeous, um, your gorgeous Ballard uh, dining table and you have your kitchen countertop as options that are really within the same space. So, you know, I would think about doing that. 
um, as a as a way to get around it. But you know, certainly if you want to do an upholstered piece with um, you know a dining table, you really want to make sure that it's got a firm seat. Um, I would really recommend mm-hmm. that something has um, what's called a tight seat, so that you don't get as much of that squishiness when you actually you know sit on it, so that it starts to feel a bit more like a dining chair because you, you want to have a little bit more of an upright feel um, if you're sitting at a dining table. So. Yeah. And there are a lot of, um, you know, banquettes out there. Um, we have a bunch that. And dining benches. So and, and dining benches that are sort of the same vibe where it's real comfy and, um, and cozy looking, but. It's yeah, and I've, meant I've used, to be paired with a dining table. Yeah. And I've used your um, your sort of banquet sofas um, a few times. And they're really, really great, especially if you did one with that skirted. Because oh, then yeah. it does start to have a little bit more of a softer kind of feel. But you've still got that sort of tight seat um, so that the sit is is correct for a dining table so yeah i i think that that would be a much much smarter way to go um you know versus the eaten yeah i love that advice i think it's i think you're right and what sh- uh, chandelier do you guys think you'd do with something like that as well if you did the tulip table and a nice little like tight back bench you know i would actually do something that's quite petite that's almost like a little jewel hanging in the middle of the space because you've got your pendants are a bit oversized over the kitchen island. I love those. And you've got a really pretty chandelier. I don't know. That looks like it might be a Jonathan Adler uh, chandelier. Um, And they're both, you know, making a statement. And so I think having something that was just something undersized hanging over that center space would be really, really cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I, think, I yeah. love that no. idea. Um, Horny knows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no comments. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, honestly, if 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 Cindy was my client, I would really, you know, talk through the idea, um, and and really think about how you're using that center space because do you really need sort of a third mm-hmm. di- proper dining space within one space or? Could you really like maximize the functionality and flexibility of that space um, by creating something that's a little bit more of a, of a you know, relaxing seating area? That's a great idea. <laughs> I also want to sit there. I've always loved kitchens that have that little like, because you always end keeping up in room. the kitchen. I love a keeping totally. room. Totally. It's you so ideal. It's so ideal. Like it's just, it's kind of like the perfect family space where everybody can hang out. People can be eating, cooking, doing their homework, you know, having a glass of wine. Everything can be happening in this one space. And so to really make it as multifunctional as possible, um, I think that's really the way to go. But but it's beautiful, Cindy. Great job. Great job so far. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the kitchen is, I love the kitchen. It's really pretty. Yeah, really pretty. Okay, so we have one more for you if you're cool (laughs) doing it. I am. Um, Okay. This one is from Sally and she writes and says, as I was listening to Alexandra Kay's interview, I realized after applauding myself for my antique brown table that all my chairs were also antique and brown. 
I'm on a tight budget because we are paying back student loans, but do you have any suggestions for a temporary fix? Would painting do anything for them? I assume for the chairs. Or should I just hold off until I can afford new chairs? If so, which chairs would you suggest? They definitely need reupholstering. I love this chartreuse velvet. Four have chartreuse cushions and the other four have a terrible but easy easily unnoticed white and beige print. These pictures are from Zillow since we're planning to move, but I do want to keep the table and chairs. Please ignore the heinous chandelier. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) No comment on the chandelier. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, so hi, Sally. Um, Yeah, no, I, I think that Um, your pieces are really cool in that they have great lines. Um, I do agree that it's all feeling very brown and nothing really stands out. Um, and it feels a bit heavier and maybe, you know, than, than it could be. Um, you know, my instinct is, um, the two head chairs with the chartreuse cushions, um, I think the the carving on those is really, really interesting. And I think those would be excellent candidates for white paint. And I think once they were white, the the cushions would pop even more. And I think you'd really be able to see the beautiful color there. And I think it would be a really nice complement to the finish of the table. Now your four side chairs, those I would actually change. And um, one thing that I really love to do is, um, and I've used the the Ballard, uh, the skirted Parsons chair that you guys do, and the one with the casters I really love, um, because you can scoot all around. Um, I would love to see four of those put into that mix. And, you know, if you're so inclined, you know, pick one of the, the really cool Ballard prints um, that incorporate a little bit of that chartreuse to tie everything together. What that'll do is a couple things. It's going to really make your table shine. And I don't, I think it's got really interesting, beautiful lines. I like the finish. And I think it needs things around it that are going to help it to, to really show to its best. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, having that mix of soft and the, the hard edge of the wood, um, it's a really nice balance. Um, and I think it'll, it'll really make, make everything feel really fresh and interesting, even though it's all kind of a set. No, I think that's great because the table, the table's gorgeous. And I think the chairs are, are nice, but like to her point, I think that's what she kind of would like to update. So I think even mm-hmm. to your point, if you can only afford the two Parsons for the time being, well, maybe get two and put them on the ends. And then as you get the other two, then you move the chairs around and do the four yeah. and, um, I yeah, think it'll be worth it. Yeah. And the, I mean, the Parsons, they're, they're really well-priced, um, you know, the Ballard ones and, and they're super functional and yeah, I love the idea of, you know, swap, swap it in over time. You don't have to do everything um, all at once. Um, I will say if you do decide to go for print on, on that, um, one trick is your accent yellow Pick a print where that yellow is actually the smallest color in that print. 
What that's going to do is it's going to complement really well. It won't feel matchy-matchy. And you'll be really surprised how beautifully the solid, you know, sort of bold yellow will pair with this all over print that only has a little bit of that yellow in it. It'll almost feel like it shouldn't work, but then it's it's even more magical than, you know, a, a print that was, you know, had a ton of that color in it. It's a little trick that I use and it it's pretty foolproof. It pretty much always works. So if, if oh. you do want to take a chance and go bold, that that's one one tip to make it work. I like that. That's a good one. That's great advice. And she has yeah. great furniture in that room. It's mm-hmm. all like she just needs to put it in different spaces and add something up. Exactly. Yeah, that's totally what I was going to say. Like the, the chairs, she can put two on either side of a console in a hallway or use one as a desk chair. But, you know, like they can she, it's not that she needs to get rid of them, but just don't have all of them. And the other thing about them that kind of throws me off is they almost look like six matching instead of um, yeah, two different both- ones because they're mm-hmm. the same finish and the same scale and size. So at first, I actually thought it was six six matching chairs. And then I looked closer and realized. But um, yeah. Anyway, I, yeah. So Courtney, I totally agree with your advice about the Parsons chair too because it'll just soften everything. And I also think sort of making those changes it'll make the dining table really pop and the beautiful looks like it's kind of a queen anne style sideboard that she has i think that's going to also just really come to life and i love how she has it styled with you know the petite lamps and the mirror it's it's all really really beautifully done and so i love that little vignette so i, I would take that as it <laughs> <laughs> to to the next space I think that's great advice. Yeah. Good luck, Sally. Send us some photos when yeah. you're um when you're done. I, I I'm guessing that she's moving. Okay, yes. So they're, they're planning to move. She's selling her house. Okay, cool. So yes, send us photos when you get into your new space. We want to see. Definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney, thank you so much. This was really Yay. fun. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed this. It was a really delightful chatting with you ladies. It was so much fun going through your work and portfolio. I fully, you know, everyone should. And then even your um, Instagram is super fun to follow. And you're always uh, posting things you're inspired by too. And so it's just really, it's a great resource too for a good, yummy color. Yes. I, yeah, I totally agree with Taryn. I can't tell you how just much I enjoyed looking through your portfolio. It just. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) I think if someone is feeling on the fence about using color, then you're a great, great place to start because they can, you know, it's, it, yeah, you just do an amazing <laughs> job. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Would you tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, see your work, all that good stuff? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, you can see our work, uh, portfolio work, as well as press on our website. It's www rightmeetsleftdesign.com or www.rmlid.com. And on social, I'm most active on Instagram. You can find me at rightmeetsleftinteriordesign. 
or if you type in Courtney McLeod, I'll pop up as well. Um, and like they were saying, we post a lot of um, our work, some in in progress stuff, and also, you know, things that we're finding to be inspiring. Um, you know, sometimes when we find cool products, we'll post it there as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a place for inspiration and to have a little bit of fun. So, All right. That's our show. Thank you for listening. You can leave us a review in your podcast app. We'd love to read it. Don't forget to check out the show notes at howtodecorate.com slash podcast. Send your questions to podcast ballarddesigns.net. We'll answer it on a future episode. And don't forget to enable the How to Decorate skill in your Amazon account so you can listen to us from your Alexa. Follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. And until next time, happy, happy decorating. decorating. <laughs>